What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knock If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Cavalier Central, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. I mean, that was, that's a tough way to lose a game. Um, the Wizards just lost to the Raptors um, 103 to 101 on a Gary Trent buzzer beater at the very end of the game. Um, I think at one point the Wizards were up at, by as many as 19 points um, with five seconds remaining, <laughs> 5.5 seconds remaining. Um, the Wizards win probability per ESPN was 84.7%. Um, at one point during the um, third quarter, with 9 minutes and 16 seconds left in the third quarter, um, the Wizards win probability was 95% when they were up by 19 points. Um, so, yeah, it's just a rough rough way to lose a game like that. Um, yeah, so that game pushes the Raptors record to 20-30, and 30, and it drops the Wizards record to 17-32. and 32. Um, The Wizards do lose again without um, Bradley Beal um, missing his fifth straight game, I believe. Um, and then um, Rui Hachimura also didn't play in this game. Um, so coming into this game, the Raptors, um, in terms of offense and defense, point differential type of stuff, um, their point differential is plus 0.3, which is 16th in the NBA, um, which is kind of weird that they were so far above, below 500, um, despite having a positive point differential. That's um, really, really weird. Um, but <laughs> anyways, um, their offense was 13th in the league with an offense rating of 113.2, and their defense was... 17th in the league with a defense rating of 112.9. Um, but there has been a lot um, published about how um, the Raptors' defense last year gave up like one of the better seasons in terms of three-point shooting, or I guess in terms of luck for three-point shooting. This season has been one of the worst in NBA history in terms of luck for three-point shooting. Um, so that's kind of what happens, with their, especially with their like aggressive scheme, um, which I will get into. Um, but yeah, stuff like that does... Um, just like weird stuff like that happens. Um, I want to look at their, before I get more into some of the other stuff, I want to just say their, um, point differential, uh, without, 
Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet um, because both those guys uh, did not play in this game. Um, they're both hurt. Um, <laughs> I can't find... I always make this mistake. It's in alphabetical order. Why can't I... He, there it is, where the Fs are. Okay, so I'm filtering lineups um, without well, off the court. Um, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. Um, they're actually plus 5.7 without those two guys on the court. Um, I guess that's because of the strength of their bench units. Um, because a lot of the season they were bringing Chris Boucher off the bench. Um, they're also bringing like guys like Terrence Davis off the bench, who's strong. Um, so I guess that's more of an illustration of how good their bench is rather than um, <laughs> how bad um, Lowry and Van Vliet are. Um, but just going over the four factors um, type of stuff for this game, um, pretty ugly offensive game, um, if we're being honest. Um, so the Raptors' offensive rating was 102, and the Wizards was 100. Um, which neither of those are good. Those 19th and 15th percentile, respectively. Um, effective field percentage for the Raptors was 51.1. Wizards was 45.7. Um, the Raptors had a better turnover percentage by about 4%. Um, and the the Wizards rebounded, got a lot more offensive rebounds. Um, their offensive rebound rate was about 33%, uh, whereas the Raptors was about 16%. And then the Wizards got to the line a few more times um, than the Raptors. Just to go over some of the box score stuff, um, just pointing it up uh, super, super quick. Um, box score. Um, yeah, so um, look, just looking at the Wizards guys first um, to go over some of their top-line stats. Westbrook played 40 minutes, which is a big amount for Russell Westbrook. He was minus four on the night. Um, 23 points on uh, 27 shooting possessions, so really inefficient from him. Um, he also had 14 rebounds, 11 assists. Um, Bertans had 17 points, um, and Garrison Matthews had 17 points off the bench. Um, Bertans had those, er, what the heck? Bertans had the 17 points on eight shots, um, nine shooting possessions. Um, Garrison Matthews had his 17 points on um, nine and a half shooting possessions. So both ultra efficient nights from them. Uh, I'll get into some of the line decisions a little bit later um, from Scott Brooks, which I thought were curious at the end of the game. Um, for the Raptors, Siakam had 22 points. A lot of them coming in that first half. I think he had 18 of those 22 in the first half. Um, but he was actually minus 20 on the night in 36 minutes. Um, which is really, really weird um, in a game that you win. That means that um, in the 12 minutes that he was off of, off the court, the Raptors were plus 22, which is ridiculous. Um, Boucher um, wasn't great tonight. Um, Gary Trent Jr. had 16 points, but he was minus 17 on the night in 31 minutes. Um, OG Anobi had 14 points um, in 38 minutes. Um, and then just looking at the bench guys, like Malachi Flynn was absolutely awesome this game. Um, Aaron Baines was solid in this game. Like even like Yuta Wananabe um, pitched in. Like guys like Stanley Johnson helped. Um, and yeah, their their bench was a little light too um, because like Ronnie Hood was also out. Someone else was also out. I don't remember who. It was one other person. <sighs> Man, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I always forget one person who's out when the other team has like four guys out. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so just the first thing I do want to talk about actually is Russell Westbrook. Um, you got the good and the bad with Russell Westbrook in this game. Um, for the for a lot of the game, um, he was attacking. Um, he was getting downhill. Um, he was making tons of plays. Um, just I guess I'll kind of explain how the Raptors defense works. Um, usually it's a big no-no in the NBA to help out the strong side corner. Um, the Raptors will bring help from that strong side corner. Um, they're not afraid of threes. They will jump by the shooter. Um, as they shoot the three, um, that's like what they really, really coach. Um, and then like in terms of gap defense, they're always there. Um, they play very, very aggressive help. 
Um, and that's just kind of their style. Um, it worked really well, well last year when they were one of the three best defenses in the league. It's not working as well this year. Um, like I mentioned earlier, some of that um, from both sides, from them being so good and them being not as good this year, is because of shooting luck. Um, and that kind of happens over the course of a season, especially when you're 50 games in. That's not too big of a sample um, to really kind of judge stuff like that. So that's also kind of the way, like, you can't just look at the numbers. You do have to watch the games. Um, but, yeah, like, the Raptors' defense, they're, they have an interesting scheme. Um, and it's the kind of thing that Westbrook can potentially pick apart if he had better personnel around him. Um, just the personnel kind of hurts him. Like when you're kicking out um, one pass away and it's Ish Smith catching the ball to make a decision, like that's not what you want. Um, it makes it, it makes the defensive job so easier, so much easier to collapse on you. Um, when, you know, like the guy that's one pass away is Ish Smith and the defense is already helping from that one pass away guy. Um, what I will say is that the Wizards offense was super successful and that guy one pass away was like Garrison Matthews. The guy with one pass away was um, Bertans. Like these guys can really, really shoot the ball. Um, makes the defense think. Um, like I talk about a lot. And like when you make the defense think, that's kind of, that plays into your hands. That's what you want um, as an offense because that's when they make mistakes. That's when they either miss a rotation, um, stuff like that. Um, so... And then that's how you get open looks. Um, the Wizards got a lot of good open looks um, in that first quarter just from ball movement, um, from attacking, like driving and kicking, all that kind of stuff. And all that stuff is generally initiated by Russell Westbrook, him being in attack mode. Um, if he drives to the lane, um, even if there's not a shot there, um, his ability to kick out to find the weak side corner, or in this game, especially find the strong side corner, um, was super, super helpful. It's part of the reason why the Wizards look so good in that, you know, generally first half, um, first 36, 30-ish minutes of the game. Um, he was a huge hope. He was, he's the reason, like he's driving the offense. Um, but in the Raptors kind of figured it out, um, and they put better on ball defenders on Westbrook. They're kind of backing up a little, making him, daring him to shoot the shots more. Um, and he kind of played right into their hands. Like he was terrible down the stretch. He was terrible the last like 18, 20 minutes of that game. Um, Westbrook's a really, really big reason why the Wizards lost. Um, that combined with like how bad his defense always is. Um, he was just killing the team out there. Um, just like straight up, like his decision-making was awful. Um, he was not helped at all by some of the, I don't think he was helped by some of the Scott Brooks line decisions, but just to go over on the Russell Westbrook shot chart, um, he only shot one shot from right, from inside the restricted area. So from inside three feet of the basket, Russell Westbrook shot the ball one time. He shot the ball five times outside the restricted area, inside the paint, which is a fine number, but he shot 13 shots in the mid range. Like what? (laughs) What? That's terrible. That's awful. That's God awful. That's that's embarrassingly bad. Like, man, like his, his decision-making sometimes is like, it's so up and down. Like he's like, he's such a good passer. Like he clearly knows how to play the game of basketball, but like, man, like why? Like why? 13 shots. He made five of 13, which is like just slightly below league average. But if you're shooting a shot 13 times in a game that you only make 38.5% of the time, that's hurting your offense. You're actively hurting your offense by taking that shot that many times. Like I said, like if it's a counter, because sometimes Westbrook, um, if they're really giving him the mid-range, he'll go to that shot as a counter to the drive. But if that's super, like superseding, is that a word? Going over, if that's taking priority over the drive, then at that point, like, what are you doing? You're just hurting yourself. You're hurting your team. You're hurting your offense. Um, I will say that the Raptors were generally dropping the big or like right into the middle of the paint. So it made his life a little bit harder. Um, but still, if you like the big starts to drop, just go right at them. Um, try to draw foul. If your shot gets blocked, like his shot got blocked a couple of times. I'm perfectly fine with that. That's going to happen. He's 6'3". He's not like the most explosive athlete on earth anymore. Um, your shot's going to get blocked. Like, But a lot of times you're going to draw fouls. Like he's still pretty good at drawing fouls if he gets all the way into the lane. And he's really, really good at collapsing the defense and kicking out, especially against his really, really aggressive help. Like that's how he had so much success in the beginning of the game, um, doing stuff like that. And then he kind of went away from that. And it didn't make any sense. He was also, he shot... 
six threes and he was one for six? Like, that's terrible decision-making. That's terrible decision-making. To shoot 19 shots outside the paint and six shots inside the paint, just, that's terrible. That's awful. He hurt that he's a huge reason why the team lost this game. He was terrible. Um, then just down the stretch, like, so I have him here in my notes. I At one point, I started counting how many bad shots he was taking in the fourth quarter. Um, obviously, like, I think I missed a few, but I think I counted eight shots that were bad um, in the fourth quarter, and he was, like, one for eight on the shots that I counted were bad shots. And these are, like, they're early clock, like, mid-range pull-up shots. They're early clock three-point pull-ups. Why is Russell Westbrook taking three-point pull-ups? They're like, you know, this ball gets swung to the corner. Instead of, you know, looking to drive, Westbrook's looking to shoot in, in that corner three situation. Um, he missed three corner threes. A couple of them came late in the game. Like, Westbrook is not a good enough three-point shooter to be shooting those shots late in the game. Um, that's a negative value proposition for your offense. It doesn't make any sense, especially, like, man, it's just frustrating. It's just so frustrating. Um, just watching this game, like the Wizards should have won, and Russell Westbrook's decision making is kind of like the reason that you suck down the stretch. Um, it's frustrating. Um, I do want to go over some of my fourth quarter notes. Um, just right now, um, I usually do it later, but that it was such a close game that I do want to um, go over them. Um, so I wrote, so just Malachi Flynn being in this game who was a difference maker. Um, he so they didn't, the Raptors didn't have Fred VanVleet or Kyle Lowry. Um, so Malachi Flynn was kind of like their last guard who can handle in the pick and roll. Um, and I thought he did a really good job. Um, he has a little bit of wiggle to his game. Um, he does, his handle seems a little bit tighter than it was at San Diego State. Um, and he can also shoot the ball. Like, I really, really like Malachi Flynn. I think he's a fine offensive player. Um, but, you know, his kind of calling card at the beginning, especially right now, is going to be like that defense. Um, and he was really, really active off the ball. Um, just hunting steals every time he saw defend or offensive players back. Um, he, he got like two or three steals that way. Um, also just playing on the ball, um, blowing up screens, getting around, like he did a really good job of getting around screens in this game. Like I was super, super impressed by Malachi Flynn. Uh, I seen him play a couple times. Um, but yeah, I definitely didn't, I've not seen him play that well in a game at the NBA level. Um, so yeah, it's fun to see. I loved watching him at San Diego State last year. So I'm happy to see um, that he's doing so well. I think he's definitely going to be, um, you know, five years from now, like a rotation level guy, um, at the very least. And that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, cause I, that is a guy I really like, um, yeah, so like like I said earlier, like Ish Smith should not be in the game with Russell Westbrook. Like it doesn't make sense. That pairing makes no sense. Um, Ish Smith, the only reason Ish Smith should be in a game is to put the ball in his hands to create offense because you're kind of lacking creators, right? So the Wizards don't have a ton of guys who are creating offense. So in this kind of area that the Wizards are in when they don't have Bradley Beal, um, I get playing Ish Smith some minutes just to generate some offense. Um, but if the ball's not in his hands, because like you'd much rather have Westbrook gen- initiating offense than Ish Smith. So why would Ishmith be out there if you don't want the ball in his hands? Um, it doesn't make sense because he doesn't give you he doesn't give you anything on defense just because of, you know his size. Um, he tries hard on defense, that's great, but like he's not a very good defender. Um, and then on offense, like he can't shoot. He has no shooting ability. The defense doesn't respect him at all. Um, and he's not that like he can't score. He can't score. He can't do anything off the ball. He has no off ball value. He needs to be on the ball to be somewhat effective. And even when he's on the ball, he's really not that effective. Um, so him being on the floor late in the game. Um, instead of someone like Garrison Matthews, instead of someone like um, Dallas Rattans, like it's so head scratching. It's sh- that should not happen. That should not happen. That's a- it's just so egregious. Like it's so obvious too. Like I don't know. I was really confused by that. Um, <laughs> I wrote my Russ killing the team right now. Takes three straight horrible shots, and he's messing up on defense, and he's not getting back on defense. Russell Westbrook has this tendency, like especially like even late, like early in the games, like second quarter, if you take a bad shot, like he jogs back on defense. Like it's not the end of the world. But, like, once you get to, like, six minutes left in the game, you take a bad mid-range pull-up shot, and then you're not getting back on defense. It's a five-on-four. The other team scores. 
you're killing your team. Like you just threw away an offense possession. Now you're just giving away a defense possession. You're giving them two points. He gave them a couple, like two points a couple times because he just he he sucks in pick and roll defense. Like he's terrible. If he gets screened, he's awful. Um, he's done. He's out of the play. If he's like on the weak side corner, he never tags the roll. He never helps. Like he's so bad on defense. It's man, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, you kind of went through the the Russell Westbrook roller coaster, and it was frustrating um, in this game. Um, so, oh, pretty late in the game. Um, one ATO that I did like, um, was that the Wizards, so it was a, um, they had Bertans in the weak side corner. Um, they had two guys set a screen for him. One guy setting a back screen for his defender and one guy setting a down screen. Um, and then Bertans had the optionality to choose which screen he wanted. Um, and I thought that was a good play because like, depending on, you know, the point in the game, um, you know, um, sometimes the Raptors were top locking him. Sometimes, um, they were locking and trailing. So if it was a top lock, he could use, um, the back screen and if it was a lock and trail then he could use the um the down screen i thought that was a really um good play design um and he got the ball out of that and he got a pretty decent look i i think that the wizard should that's the first time i saw seen that from the wizard i believe um so i i thought that was pretty interesting um <laughs> i wrote like three things in my notes about the um rush shot selection oh my god also late in the game um i think siakam was guarding if i had to take a guess either i think avdia um, but then, so the Wizards were hunting switches on Siakam. Why? <laughs> Why are you hunting Siakam? Siakam's a really, really good defender. Siakam can so easily, like Siakam did a great job guarding Russell Westbrook whenever he got switched onto him because Siakam could take two steps back, use his length. He has good lateral quickness. Um, so he can stay in front of Westbrook enough to recover if Westbrook tries to shoot a layup or anything. Um, so why would you hunt a switch on Siakam? Like they did that a couple of times and then they came right back down and they hunted a switch on Howe Neto um, onto Siakam and Howe Neto could do nothing to stop Pascal Siakam or they'd have to bring a double. Siakam did a couple, he like a couple times he did a good job of like keeping his pivot foot down, um, keeping the ball, like staying, staying calm, um, quite frankly, because like sometimes people kind of panic a little when they get doubled in the post um, and then just kicking out to wide open shooters. Like he did a good job of that uh, when he got doubled, um, but you have to bring a double if Neto's on him. Otherwise it's just going to be like, a spin move into a wide open layup. Um, so I didn't understand. I don't understand why the Wizards were trying to go at Siakam late in the game. Um, like, if you're going to go at someone, go at I don't uh, Malachi Flynn, I guess. Um, Chris Boucher, maybe. Like, there's not really great options to go after, I guess. But like, definitely not Siakam. Um, yeah. So when Neto, I do want to look at the play by play. I want to see um, at what point in the game Neto um, shot that last three uh or not the last three the last layup um that he missed um but i definitely do want to talk about that um whole sequence so Neto shot the layup with 5.5 seconds left um i believe that there was um so right before that siakam got the charge um at 27.4 seconds left so there's a 3.4 second differential between shot and game clock um and Neto um took his um reverse layup with 5.5 seconds left so like i thought he went a little early at the time but like that kind of time difference doesn't really matter um, but what you really, really would want to do, um, what you really want to do is um, shoot the ball like right when the buzzer is going off. Like even if it's a three, as long as it hits the rim and then bounces somewhere, um, then all of a sudden the, the other team's not even touching the ball until like what two seconds left, um, and then they have to call a timeout. They can advance the ball, all that stuff. But then you just have to, you know, guard against. Well, I guess that was a one-point game, but, you, you know, you just guard um, for two seconds. Um, just switch everything, put, like, Bonga out there, who should have been out there way more in this game. Um, anyways, but Gary Chen Jr. got a rebound with four and a half seconds left, um, which is plenty of time to dribble up the court. Um, he did, a, like, 
oh my God, Neto flopped at the end of the game. They're not going to give you that call with two seconds left in the game because Gary Trent like barely, barely touched Howell Neto. And Neto just went flying, giving Gary Trent a wide open pull-up three um, for the win. And like it, it didn't touch the rim. <laughs> like I don't know what Neto is thinking, um, just flopping in that situation. You just have to play like play straight up. Like if you if he makes a contested shot over you from three to win the game, like a pull up three to win the game contested over you, um, you're just gonna have to live with that. But you let him off the hook by just letting him shoot a wide open one because you flopped. Um, so that's super super frustrating too. Uh, just overall really really frustrating game, especially for a game that the Wizards, quite frankly, should have won. Um, it's it's just not it's not fun at this point, man. Like come on. Um, so I'll just go over some of my notes, um, and then um, I'll get out of here. That was an exciting game, um, but like obviously not a ton um, without Beal, um, without Hachimura, and also the national championship game was on tonight. Um, so you know I just watched that. I'm pretty happy Beal won. Um, so yeah, so the first thing I wrote: um, Raptors without um, Van Vliet. Oh yeah, they're, the Raptors are struggling so much at the beginning of this game to generate any offense without um, Van Vliet and Lowry. A lot of what they did eventually um, was getting out in transition. Um, you know, obviously you have to get a stop around transition. Um, just looking at the transition frequency, um, the Raptors got out a lot, um, and their points um, per play in transition was ridiculous. Um, it was 166.7 points per hundred plays in transition for the Raptors, um, which is crazy. Um, absolutely crazy. Um, they got out a lot in transition. Um, and also the Raptors percent of plays, um, in the half court is actually pretty high, um, which is surprising because it did feel like, um, they're getting out a lot more than they, than the stats say they were. Um, but that was a big key to how they came back in the game. Um, so I guess that kind of explains like, like in the first half, I guess they weren't getting out as much. Um, but yeah, their offense just had no flow, like, especially without a point guard out there, like their starting lineup, um, had um, Siakam, Boucher, Ananobi, um, DeAndre Bembry, and Gary Trent Jr. Um, but the game flipped when Malachi Flynn was out there. Um, he was a huge reason for why they were be able to be successful in offense, just his ball handling ability, um, giving them a primary ball handler, um, but then also letting like Siakam generate offense at times, letting Ananobi generate offense at times. Like, um, yeah, Malachi Flynn was huge in this game for them. Um, yeah, the Wizards were going under screens in this game. I actually like that adjustment um, because especially when you're playing against like who's their best pull-up three-point shooter, I guess, like, Gary Trent Jr., <laughs> who ended up winning the game on a pull-up three, but, like, um, go under screens, um, force them to make tough pull-ups. Um, if they make them, fine, um, but the Wizards guards aren't getting good at getting over screens, and the Raptors players aren't great at shooting off the dribble threes. Um, so, you know, like, I think that that was a perfectly good strategy. I thought that made sense. Um, maybe they should go to that a little more, um, depending on the matchup. Like, obviously, if it was Van Vliet and Lowry, then you would just get killed on um, off the dribble threes. Um, but, you know, this version of the Raptors, I think it made perfect sense. Um, oh, the Raptors are in an interesting variation of the stack action where um, after the um, guard set the back screen for the big, the big came back up and set a down screen for the guard um, as he was popping out. I believe, man, I'm trying to remember who that guard was. I think it was Gary Trent, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he got a wide open look. I don't think it went in, went in but I loved it. Um, I wrote my notes, Hutchison guarding Siakam with little help is a disaster. Yeah, Siakam just like, he was just taking everyone one-on-one. Um, the Wizards weren't bringing enough help. Like in the second half, their adjustment was that just to bring more help, um, which is good because I don't think Siakam, like he's a fine passer. He's not like a great passer or anything though. Um, so bring more help on those. Like Hutchinson cannot guard Siakam. Abdia has no chance of guarding Siakam. Those two matches were awful. Um, oh yeah, in the beginning of the second quarter, um, 
the Raptors put out a group with like Malachi Flynn, Stanley Johnson, OG Anobi, and they were killing the Wizards um, just with tons of like length, tons of activity on defense, um, getting a lot of steals and just running on the break. Um, so that lineup was pretty fun to watch. I said Yuta Watanabe out there um, who does have a lot of size. He's pretty fluid for like a 6'9 um, guy. Uh, so, you know, he's definitely fun to watch. Um, Westbrook taking advantage of the aggressive help scheme. Um, yeah, that's what I talked about earlier. He, he was having success with that um, and then just for some reason went away from it. Um, Toronto struggling in half court, often by having success in transition, kind of part of the story of a lot of the game. Um, Siakam cannot be guarded by Obdia. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I, I said what I suggested is like help from one pass away, at least a stunt. Um, the Wizards were bringing actually more help um, later in this game. Um, doesn't feel like so in the second half, they kind of went away from Siakam a little bit too, though, which you know did help the Wizards because um, they could not figure out how to guard him um, for the most part one on one. Wizards ball movement was really, really good in the th- that third quarter for a few possessions. Um, but they, you know, it was kind of like a flash um, and not really like the actual thing that the Wizards do um, very often. Um, oh my God, Anthony Gill had minutes in this game. Um, just a complete mixed bag, um, in my opinion. Like he had a couple of good rebounds, um, which is good to see. Um, wasn't afraid to shoot. Like I know he can shoot from like looking at his um, Russia numbers. Um, but. Um, you know, his off-ball movement skills on offense, I didn't think were great. I don't think he has great offensive instincts. I don't think he has great defensive instincts. And I think that his defensive ability just, like, move, shuffle his feet, like, stay with guys, um, especially on a switch, because the Wizards were willing to switch Anthony Gill onto other um, guards. I thought, like, his ability to do that was questionable, especially, like, Ojean and Moby, he got exposed. Um, Pascal Siakam got switched on him, got exposed. Like, yeah, I don't know about... I don't know about Anthony... Like, you might as well try it, um, but I'm, I wasn't too high on that. Um... Oh, here's a go. Uh, I wrote, a telling play in this game was when um, Garrison Matthews came off with a pin down and got blitzed right on the catch. He's a real threat and needs more playing time. After I wrote that, coming in the fourth quarter, um, he just didn't play that much in the fourth quarter. Um, just so frustrating to see because those two guys, um, Matthews and Bertans, had success together and they just didn't play that much in the fourth quarter. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to see who the Wizards, Wizards schedule. Um, so I know that the next game is on Wednesday. Um, against the Magic. Thank goodness. (laughs) Um, So yeah, hopefully the Wizards are going to win that game. Um, Don't want to jinx anything, um, but yeah, um, should be a nice, (laughs) nice little, nice little warm-up game for the remainder of the schedule. Um, So definitely check that game out. I'll have a podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.